0: I'm Aaron Sagers, and this is Talking Strange. Hello, uh, spooky nerds, and welcome to Talking Strange, a paranormal pop culture show with the Den of Geek Network, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. I'm your host, journalist, author, and researcher of weird things, Aaron Sagers. You can also catch me as host of the Netflix series 28 Days Haunted and the Travel Channel and Discovery Plus series Paranormal Caught on Camera. So my guest today is, I think, just one of my favorite people that I've spoken to in the past. This is actually his second time with us on the show, and he is just such a delightful human being and a true nerd and a paranormal nerd I am so excited to have. David Dastmalchian back with me today. He's the actor best known, I guess, for starring roles in films such as A Suicide Squad*, and the Dark Knight*, and *Dune*. But that barely scratches the surface of the things that he's been up to. He's got uh, he's gonna be reteaming with Christopher Nolan in *Oppenheimer*. He's got *The Last Voyage of the Demeter*, which is a cool Dracula Italian story, and we actually spoke. A couple weeks ago, just as he was opening for Ant Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania, and before his movie Late Night with the Devil debuted at South by Southwest. But what we were talking about today is his comic book, his Count Crowley comic book with Dark Horse Comics, which he created. Now, if you don't know, the comic follows Jerry Bartman, a once rising TV journalist who has returned to her small midwestern hometown tv station and she's been demoted to hosting the nightly creature feature Uh, jerry's professional humiliation is eclipsed by the discovery that her new job comes with a secret a supernatural job actually supernatural duty her missing predecessor Count Crowley was one of the last appointed hunters of monsters. So yeah, monsters are real in this world, and they are hell-bent on controlling the news and information consumed by humans. Now, the sequel to Count Crowley, Reluctant Midnight Monster Hunter, is entitled Count Crowley, Amateur Midnight Monster Hunter. It debuted in March 2022 as a four-issue miniseries, but now... Count Crowley, Volume 2, Amateur Midnight Monster Hunter, is dropping in trade paperback form, bookstores, March 14th, 2023, so when this episode drops as well. So, let's get into it. We we cover a lot of ground in a short amount of time. He is a busy guy, so I appreciate David giving us so much time. And we talk about Count Crowley, about where Count Crowley is going as far as a franchise. Maybe, you know, David had just launched a production company to develop films. So we talk maybe a little bit about what happens with the Crowley character in film, live action film. All sorts of things. So let's dive right in. This is David Dasmalshan. So, I mean, the first question I have for you is, well, uh, the first statement I have for you is just congratulations on everything, man. It's Thanks, man. It's always- Congratulations so to you.
1: You've been accomplishing you. and achieving so much. And I think we're both two guys who uh are just died in the wall uh nerds and geeks and love genre and love uh paranormal and love um sci fi and monsters and all these things. So it's I think we're both living the dream.
0: Am I right? Very much so. I mean, as far as like there is this joy in seeing creators succeed and, and emerge and succeed. Where they clearly came from it, uh, from an honest place, you know, like traveling back in time and talking, talking to the ten year old uh, nerdy self of Aaron or David, saying like, "Hey man, this is gonna be you." It's nice to see when that happens.
1: It's the best. That's what is so cool about seeing something like the James Gunn, um, you know, uh, running DC right now with Peter Safran. Knowing, you know, as long as I've known James, I've always known. <laughs> Excuse me um i've always known since he was a boy the guy you know was lost in the pages of dc comics and dreaming about what to do with them so or you know interestingly for me this week is a very big week for a lot of reasons but um top of the list is the release of the third ant-man film in the uh in the ant-man franchise quantum mania which uh like the previous films, uh, were led by Peyton Reed, who is become a very dear friend of mine and is also the guy who, when he was a boy was just like lost in the pages of the Avengers and the fantastic four and, and, you know, science fiction and, um, star Wars. And, uh, yeah. So it's like, it's so cool when you see the people who, you know, didn't see this as an opportunity to, exploit an existing ip or didn't see you know a chance to make something that got you know a lot of money because there was a popular toy associated with it it's like these are people who have really strong opinions about the lore the worlds the ideas because we've been kind of swimming in that for so long that um i'm sure everybody that watches you know your show everyone who 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 consumes your 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 output uh feels the exact same way so like you guys get it. You get it. You get how crazy it is. For me, Dave DeSmolch and a guy who grew up going to Clint's Comics, the guy who the first time I ever cried reading things was uh, maybe The Giving Tree by Shel Silverstein. But not long after that, reading like Death in the Family, you know, and and yeah. and seeing a dead Robin in Batman's arms was like for little David, like life change just like uh all of us and uh that's the same david that got to march down la salle street dressed up like a cop in the opening um the first introduction of my character in the dark night you know and and it's like what is this life i'm leading now here we are all these years later and i'm you know making count crowley it's crazy
0: well Exactly. And I mean look, honestly, I could talk to you about all the different projects you have, but I mean I, I do wanna I wanna ask about Count Crowley and, and Jerry. Like you have now unleashed this creation onto the world. We have two separate mini series, part of the, the Crowley verse. And how has Jerry changed you? How has this life how has this creation changed you? This journey
1: for me is the most personal um uh, amalgam, com, com, you know, um, combo of all the things that I love so much. It's, um, you've got monsters, classic monsters, riffs on, on monster mythology, um, ideas that are really important to me about identity and, um, uh, our society and addiction and mental illness. You've got a killer character cat that's in the comic. People, I love cats. Uh, you've got incredible art by Lucas Kettner that harkens us back to like nostalgia, as well as um, something that is completely boundary pushing. You've got um, it's it's just checks literally all of the boxes for me in such a magical way, and I'm so grateful for it. And um, it's changed my life, man. You know, it was. Um, it was nearly dead going as we were entering the pandemic. I got the dreaded call from dark horse that like count Crowley needed to be shelved. And I was devastated. And, uh, and by a miracle, you know, and not giving up, I just kept working and writing and we were able to get the band back together and Volume two is more successful than ever. And now volume two trade paperback, which for anybody that's watching this who doesn't know, although I'm sure everyone does trade paperback is the newest version of the graphic novel of, the most recent issues of the series uh it's a great way to get all of this new chapter of the story and learn Jerry is. and um it's a beautiful book i just got to hold it in my hands for the first time the other day we had a book release party at a incredible comic shop in la called um revenge of um and uh it was such a dream dude all my friends and family were there there was also just a bunch of fans of the book who wanted to come and get a copy and get it autographed. And uh there was cake, there was pinball, there was you name it. It was great. There yeah. was Steve Agey. It was a blast.
0: Yeah, it makes me think I really need to move out to LA because I know that comic shop. Well,
1: just and, come uh, visit, man. Uh, yeah. Isn't I, it amazing? You've been in there, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's and it's and it's every it's definitely it's the kind of new comic shop that when I was a kid, a lot of my comic book, comic book shops were uh, going to a flea market or the very kind of small, poorly lit comic shop. So now we've entered this era of the big, well-lit, lots of collectibles and everything. Still magical and go- gorgeous, you know, just in a different way than, than the the hallowed halls that that I grew up in.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I, I grew up going to Clint's Comics in Kansas City, the first shop of theirs i went to was clint south which is no longer in existence it was in a mall uh, on the basement floor of the mall of Metcalf south mall in kansas city and it was um right next to an arcade and all the other kids would take whatever money they had laying around and go to the arcade and i i liked video games but i forget it i would save every quarter i had to be able to go into clint's next door and it was just row after row of long boxes a couple of you know dudes smoking cigarettes and playing D D behind the counter is like a totally different world and now the comic shops that we that we see and know and love uh the the modern ones i i love places like you know uh, revenge of or you know oh my god there's so many cool new shops from wilmington north carolina new york city to you know uh la but something about the old school shops still touch my heart uh and i love I love the fact, like, Clint's Comics in Kansas City really hasn't changed at all in the years since. Uh, And um, going back there when I can to KC and seeing a comic with my name on it on the wall is mind-blowing.
0: Yeah. Well, do you have... Okay, well, let's back up a little bit because you were working on the second series during the pandemic that did, oddly enough, give you time to work on it. How do you think that this... Uh, the amateur as opposed to uh, reluctant, how has this stepped it up story-wise and also art-wise? But of course, uh, Lucas did an incredible job. How did Boy, the second did one step up?
1: Best, best work of his career, I believe, um, the book gets i i believe my writing continues to improve i i like to think so at least i think that would give more opportunities for the characters to go further than ever before in the new volume and the violence the stakes are way higher um the gore the stakes are way higher but also like the emotional stakes and something about the difference between being reluctant as opposed to being amateur and for anyone who reads the book you'll see that a constant metaphor in there isn't just the monster's in the world the monster within Jerry which tends to be her worst enemy is herself her self-loathing her doubt her insecurities her shame her addiction um and so as an amateur entering this new reality of trying to figure out how she could possibly live without um alcohol and drugs and how to like take care of herself she's an amateur you're like tiptoeing into these first uh, lessons to be learned about um, surrendering yourself, admitting that you're powerless, um, which is really hard for any of us to do. And that l- lines up kind of perfectly in a parallel with her learning these few first few steps about how to stop the bad monsters. And in the world of Count Crowley, I chose early on to not only subvert all the tropes of how we destroy monsters because I wanted The reality to be that in Count Crowley, the monsters have taken um, control of infiltrating our news and media, and they've disseminated all kinds of fake news about how to stop them so that people think sticking a stake in the heart of a vampire would stop it or cutting off the head of a zombie would stop it, which is all a lie. It's very, very hard to... To stop a monster, just like it's very, very hard for any of us to overcome our anxiety, our depression, our struggles with addiction, our codependent relationships. In movies and comic books, sometimes it's oversimplified. Like you could just cut a thing's head off, or just shoot a thing through. It's 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 never that easy. So I wanted it to be so hard for Jerry. So as an amateur, she's learning, like the first few things she's learning about how to stop a monster a bad monster that's trying to kill her it's like it's way harder than she ever bargained for and it's not like it was on tv and um and that right there was the gateway to all kinds of fun storytelling and i think um i think just in the single issues we were getting this crazy response uh from readers so now i'm i'm so excited that it's in trade form it's this beautiful graphic novel so uh, people who haven't gotten to read the single issues, or the fans of the single issues who want to see the graphic novel because it has all kind of bonus material and art that we've never published before, and all kinds of secrets. Um, I just think it's it's like taking the le- the gamemanship from level you know ten to level four hundred. It's crazy the leap we made with the new book. And Lucas, look at that shit, man! Look at that! Like that guy is
0: now I love it. I love that. It's a gorgeous image. The AA
1: coins on the eye. I was like, dude, you're a genius. That was not my idea. That was all Lucas.
0: Well the this character, first off, I mean it's this is an obvious question. I don't know if you can answer it, but it would seem like reluctant amateur professional maybe next. can you say? can you announce anything? You, or- I
1: haven't announced, I haven't announced. I am very excited to tell you and I can tell you uh, we will be announcing soon. If you when you get to the end of volume two, you will see um, there is a tea'se of what's to come. I will say thank you thank you to everybody who is watching this right now who has bought count crowley because over the pandemic there was a lot of people i guess looking for stuff to read or whatever and it just seemed like our um count crowley volume one trades went out of print i mean it it sold out and so volume two has done very well and people continue to get the book and follow the book so now we're at a place where um more more is is in the works and uh that title as you can imagine is so important to me count crowley blank midnight monster hunter i actually love the idea of getting suggestions too so anybody who's watching this that wants to uh to send us your thoughts on what you think the next iteration should be uh our instagram my 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 friend brandon shifley uh is great he does the instagram for count crowley and i constantly am communicating with him and helping with that and he uh he always gets really great comments on our page i read all of them i I always look at what people are writing there so I, i want some good suggestions for the next count crowley
0: does it with with jerry she has this taste of power power can be very seductive is there a danger in being a monster hunter becoming a different kind of addiction yes that's a great
1: question no one's ever asked me that before aaron and it's the absolute ridiculous, like puzzle box of the concept of mastery, which is why I will never say that I beat addiction or that I've beat mental illness. It's always like just around the corner. It's just down the block, like my my darkness, my shadow, my you know, my monster. And as soon as you think, you know, everything about a thing, as soon as you think you've got your enemy beat, as soon as you're, you know, basking in the oasis of victory, it's when you're the most vulnerable. It's when your Achilles heel is exposed. It's when your breastplate is, is laid down for polishing and victory, you know, celebrations. That's when the snipers up in the trees take you out. And Jerry's going to have to learn that the hard way. And you're going to see that yeah. in volume two, uh, I think we should be able to celebrate our victories. That's not a, a sin. It's not it's not evil or it's not, you know, selfish of us to accomplish something and want to pat ourselves on the back. In recovery for me, it meant a lot when I was getting my 30-day coin of sobriety, my 60-day coin, my 90-day, my 1-year, my 5-year. Those are great moments. You should pat yourself on the back, but what you cannot do is go, "Nah, nah look what I got. I am the master now." Because it happens. You'd be amazed how many times i would go into like an aa meeting and there's somebody sitting there with five ten years of recovery under their belt who just thinks they know everything about everything they're a boss and they're bossy and uh judgmental and it's a dangerous place to exist and i think jerry's gonna have to learn some very hard lessons about that as will another character in the story and again when you get to the end of volume 2 i think your mind's hopefully if i did my job right your jaw will be on the floor and your eyes will be full of tears i yeah
0: it i didn't like it <laughs> it, it upset me i did yeah. yes but the uh but to your other point yeah to quote a wise smuggler uh great kid don't get cocky you know that's uh, yes exactly yeah, so. exactly
1: although Do you, that guy I, who who said that quote was the cockiest of them all <laughs> right
0: I, I, I don't want to take away too much from Crowley, but I am so insanely curious about Late Night with the Devil, which I might be seeing you at South by Southwest. Are you going I, to Austin? I, I will be, yes. And um, let me know if you need a moderator. Uh, but the what I love about, what I know about the concept is there is a rich tradition of late night hosts dipping into the supernatural, like Hans Holzer was on Carson and Merv Griffin. And then Groucho Marx had a ghost hunter on you bet your life. And uh, the Ed and Lorraine Warren would show up on these. So these things would happen. All that Betty and Barney Hill, the famous abductees, they were on.
1: So letterman, they were on all that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So explain to me for you heading into this, because I know you also serve as an EP on it why the occult and exorcism and late night talk show provides such a rich territory and an unholy marriage.
1: It's such a perfect unholy marriage. And that's an excellent way of describing it. You know, in this film late night with the devil, which is going to be debuting at South by Southwest in just a few weeks. I had the opportunity to step into the suit, the reality, the, the, the shoes of Jack Delroy. Jack was, I mean, such a like fascinating person. He he's like, you know, very charming, uh, late night talk show host who is, you know, great with the rapport and great with the the guests and and kind of occupying a different space than like Carson. The problem is that at the time um, that the story takes place, you'll see like Carson's way ahead in the race, he's number one, and and night owls and Jack Delroy so far behind that like. The show is falling apart. What's What I loved about this script, and the moment I got it, Roy Lee sent it to me, who's a brilliant producer, and it was Colin and Cameron Cairns, who I think are just brilliant. They're the, the brothers who wrote and directed this film. What they achieved here was showing uh, a descent of an individual who has not been tending to their well-being. Um, and the consequence of that, when you entertain and, inter- and, and introduce... Um, elements that go from just let's say the occult which the occult can be beneficial or you know dangerous just like anything depending it's like a car you know whatever you do with it is is can go where it needs to go when you're when you're messing with things though beyond um, the realm of human understanding and that bridge between psychology psychiatry and the supernatural or whatever people want to call it um, it's really dangerous Uh, when it's exploited for entertainment, which is exactly what Jack Delroy did. And it's exactly what happened. So basically for anybody who's, you know, this is, this is, it's really dark and and kind of amazing, but you know, here's this guy who's, he knows he's going to get canceled. So he's like, what can I do to boost the ratings of my show? And he had recently suffered um, a really devastating loss. You know, his wife had had cancer. He had just only cared about his show and like his job so much so that he just kind of blocked everything else out which we all can do he also was drinking and not dealing and processing with the grief and the trauma and and then in this sad kind of desperate attempt to save his show he was willing to push boundaries that you should not push in privacy let alone in front of a studio audience you know so I can't wait for people to see the movie. I can't wait for you to see it knowing what your love of, you know, all these things is, but what I had the opportunity to do is tell this story and become this guy who every step of the way he really started to lose his tether on what was going on. And when you when you see what ultimately ended up happening um during that that show and the way that the guy's brought it to life, it's like holy shit and thank you for acknowledging i am an ep on the show i this is actually the first feature film that will have my banner um uh connected to it as a co-production company my good in films which just launched this uh past month Um very excited about we have a bunch of really cool projects coming down the pipeline but it's the space where i want to wrestle with big ideas and difficult questions and complex characters all through the lens of genre so horror sci-fi and superhero stories which i know you Care about And I, and as we've talked about before, there's so much space in that, in that world where you can go, f- just let's have a blast and let's have a splatter fun slasher B movie. I love those. I love, you know, big giant monster epics, but I also love like complicated character dramas about either real people or, um, or not who are existing in a space that we would classify as horror, um, what that means anymore is now being revolutionized,
0: right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I I know we're getting uh, the flag, uh, and I, yeah, I yeah, need yeah. to wrap up, but Your let me just question. ask. Yeah, I mean, because of that, congrats on Good Fiend Films. Definitely Thank excited you. to see what you're going to do with it. But the very obvious question is, Count Crowley, the movie, is it... Uh, are you already working on a script with it? Is there already plans for this? Um,
1: There are some incredibly gifted and talented people who know much more than I do about the realms of film and television who have been climbing aboard the Count Crowley rocket ship. Uh, my dream for Count Crowley has always been, I, I I, envisioned Jerry's journey as one that would translate really well to serialized television. Um, and I can tell you that there are, some really amazing uh people who uh love the comic and understand the comic and know what we're doing with the comic who are helping us figure out the um, architecture of the bridge that goes from comic to screen um to me it will always be both um you know a journey about the individual and their relationship to the people that they love and um, and how important it is for those of us um, which is all of us who struggle to learn how to take care of ourselves, our mental health, um, our, our journey of wellness. Um, But it's also going to be a love loving tribute. I can't imagine when I get to see like it on a screen, because I used to watch my horror host cremation mortem in Kansas city on TV and her incredible presence to me as a kid i love the idea of jerry getting to be this big
0: presence for uh young and old people like me <laughs> yeah great no uh i and great answer even though i can, i know you can't say anything but that was still a yeah, good yeah. answer no, we're, getting, but, we're i promise yeah. you
1: it's 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 exciting and and i mean seriously dude thank you for um doing what you do uh i love what you cover and i think you've got great uh you know definitely a wide range and 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 i i love especially your fascination with the esoteric and um and the 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 unexplained so thanks for um thanks for being a champion of crowley it means a lot to me and uh we have a lot more projects coming down the pipeline in in, you know late night with the devil then we got boston strangler coming out in march um, the boogeyman in June and then many more cool projects after that. So, uh, let's do this. Demeter again, man. Very soon. Yeah. Demeter.
0: Let's we gotta talk, to talk about Demeter. I yeah. love that. Hopefully I'll see you in a uh, South by, also, uh, hit yeah, me up. Please
1: and- connect my PR team. Let them know you're going to be there. If you're doing any, uh, streaming events or if you're doing any press, um, I'm sure I'll be talking to you there and I can't fucking wait for you to see the movie, dude.
0: Look forward to it, dude. Uh, congratulations. I look forward to talking to you soon, David. Have a good one, man.
1: Thanks, buddy. Bye, Thank everybody. You.
0: And that was my guest, David Dasmalshian. And once again, just such a such a treat to have him back on the show. I'm glad that he's become a friend of our show. And Count Crowley, Volume 2, Amateur Midnight Monster Hunter, dropped in trade paperback form on bookstores March 14, 2023. Right now, in fact, if you're listening to this episode on the day that it comes out. And meanwhile, this has been Talking Strange. If you have stories you'd like to share, the strange and unusual, email us at talkingstrange at I'm Aaron Sagers, and until next time, be kind, stay spooky, and keep it weird. Talking Strange is a part of the Den of Geek Network, available wherever you listen to other podcasts. If you like what we're doing, share Talking Strange with your friends and fellow spooky nerds. And please, subscribe, rate, and leave a nice review. If you have a strange or paranormal story you would like to share with us, please email talkingstrange at denofgeek.com for a chance to have it read on a future episode. For video episodes of Talking Strange, check out twitch.tv slash denofgeektv and youtube.com slash denofgeekus. And please follow at TalkStrangePod on Twitter and at Aaron Sagers on Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon for more paranormal pop culture content.